0: Hey, who needs some grace and mercy in their life? (laughs) I got good news for you. Amen. You're in the right spot this morning. I can promise you that. And as soon as I get this bad boy over here, we're going to be ready to go. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is always truth. It's always on time. God, it always goes forth with great purpose. And God, I just pray for the people you have here this morning, God, the people that you have assembled here this morning, Father. Thank you for opening up their hearts and their minds to receive your love for them. For it is the goodness of our Father in heaven that causes them to repent and change their mind, Lord. Thank you for your word. Your word is uplifting. Your word gives us power. Thank you, Father, for what you're going to do right here this morning. We receive it all in Jesus name and the church said amen. amen. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about something. Now, one of my favorite verses you'll see is in uh is in Romans. Um we use it quite often here. Bam. Romans 4:24 and 25. You guys have heard this before. I want to show you something different this morning, okay? You can always find stuff in the Bible, amen. amen. It's living. It's living. But also for us, it shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus, our Lord from the dead. What is he talking about? Well, a couple verses before he's talking about righteousness. Righteousness is something that is imputed to us as it was imputed to Abraham. Yes. Uh, Who was delivered up because of our offenses. Christ died because we are sinners. Amen. Amen. All right, but check this out, and was raised because of our justification. So the fact that Christ rose from the dead, he justified us in doing that. Amen? Amen. And so in Scripture, we can see, you see, that's a big, big difference right there. So Christ died for our sins, and he rose for our justification. So if you go to Isaiah 53, Isaiah 53 is known as Jesus on the cross for us. Amen? Amen. You see that uh, we're not going to go through the whole thing. I wrote it down so that you can go home. How many of you guys need homework? <laughs> it ain't homework when it's life to you. You want to do it. So look at Isaiah 53. He uh, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a, a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness and when we see him there is no beauty that we should desire him now I've heard people say this about Jesus that the Bible says he was not a handsome dude but I'm here to tell you the reason why he wasn't handsome is because he's hanging on a cross Bible says he's altogether lovely altogether beautiful he was probably the most beautiful person to ever walk this planet not probably he was So when people try to tell you, hey, he wasn't pretty good, Isaiah 53. Well, you know what I always say? I say, hey, man, if you were beaten and hanging on a cross, you wouldn't look very good either. Amen? Amen. Amen. So you got to know the context. Don't let people just quote scripture to you. Satan can quote scripture. Yep. All right. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And again, they'll use these things. Hey, we got to be just like Jesus, man. We got to be. A man of sorrows. No, 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 no. He was hanging on the cross for me. So I don't have to be that person. Amen? Do you think Christ today, do you think today that he's a man of sorrows? No. No, he's not a man of sorrows. We're supposed to be like Christ is today. Amen. He's alive. He suffered on the cross for us. Do you believe that, church? Amen. Yes. And you know, most of his suffering came from religious people. It didn't come from the world as much as it came from inside the Pharisees and the Sadducees. do you do, do you agree with that church? Do you see that in scripture? All right, uh, as it were, our faces from him. Uh, he was despised. We did not esteem him. You know these guys, right? This, this is he uh, he was oppressed and was afflicted. this the whole thing is about Jesus. it's It's unbelievable how true this prophecy is yeah it's pretty cool it's not cool it's cool to see it now I should say let me clarify that um verse 11 he shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied by his knowledge my righteous servant shall justify many for by the way the servant will justify you his righteous servant will justify you you cannot justify yourself Uh, For he shall bear the iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors as us. And he bore the sin of many. Right. And made intercession for the transgressors. That's Isaiah 53. That's Jesus on the cross dying for you. That's the first part of Romans 425. He was delivered up. Because we're sin, because of our sin. Now, Isaiah 54 is a whole different story. See, Isaiah 53 is before the cross, on the cross. Isaiah 54 is what happens after the cross. Right? So let's go to Isaiah 54. Uh, look at verse 9. For this reason, like the waters of Noah to me. For, for this is like the waters of Noah to me. Like the waters of Noah. Right? For as I have sworn. That the waters of Noah would no longer cover the earth. So have I sworn that I would not be angry with you nor rebuke you. Amen. This is who we are because of what happened in Isaiah 53. Because of Jesus's finished work on the cross. Now today God can say to you, I'm no longer angry with you. And nor will I rebuke you. The word rebuke there is condemn you. Isn't that good news? news. How many of you guys grew up thinking God was still out to get you every time you messed up? That every time you messed up, God was out there with that big old heavenly paddle in that batting stance. Ready to whack your butt, right? That's not who he is today. Why? Do you think God went soft on sin? No. No. God put the full wrath of himself. All his wrath went on Jesus. And when Jesus cried, it is finished. It was finished. All the wrath that God had, he exhausted it on Jesus. I want to tell you, God's not mad at the world because God so loved the world and and that that he gave Jesus to be their sin, punishment, their judgment. The world. Sin is dealt with, church. People will not go to hell because of sin. They will go to hell because they reject the payment. Sin is dealt with. Hebrews 9 tells us that when Christ comes back, it has nothing to do with sin. Sin's dealt with. It was dealt with on the cross. When he comes back, it's going to be to take us and we're going to be like. There will be a judgment, but it will not be for the believer. Our judgment happened on the cross. You see that in Romans 4. That's good news. Because I didn't grow up believing that. I grew up thinking that God was going to get me every time I messed up. And every time I messed up, I knew that there was going to be something that was going to come up. That, that Down the road, where I'm going to be like, yep, I messed up. That's how, that's you know, this is just God doing it, right? Hey, listen, I ran from the church for over 20 years because I thought God was taking out my mom with cancer. My mom, who went to church every Sunday, every Wednesday night, I thought that God was punishing her for something because she had me when she was 16 or whatever, you know, and and my dad was this surfer drug addict dude that I hardly ever saw. And because of her sin, she had me out of wedlock. I just assumed God was punishing her. Isn't that a horrible view of God? But when you're going through that and that's all you're hearing when you're growing up in church, that's all you know. You come to this church, you're not going to hear that. You're going to hear your father's good. You're going to hear that God loves people, not just you. God loves people. So I have sworn that I would not be angry with you nor rebuke you. That means he's not going to condemn you. And the Bible actually says that. All right. For the mountains shall depart. And the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. Mercies for people who fail. People say, hey, this verse is for people that obey God. Well, if people obey God, why is he angry? I mean, honestly, think about it. <laughs> Would God be angry if you were perfect? It's for people that fail. And who fails? Everybody, just me and Miss Bernie. <laughs> Y'all like that's rhetorical. <laughs> so don't leave a brother hanging up here by himself. A little help. A little help. So I love this part where it says for the waters, for this is like the waters of Noah to me, right? What happened in the waters of Noah? Well, it was flooded, right? But does God have to swear? God doesn't have to swear. We have to swear. When we go to a a courtroom, we have to put our hand on the Bible and swear on the Bible. We do because we have some issues. (laughs) The Bible says God cannot lie. He doesn't have to swear. But he swears here. He swears what? He'll never be angry with you again. And when when God swears something to you, man, that is a big time deal. And what is he swearing? He's swearing I'll never be angry with you again. And so we got to know that today God's not angry with us. He will never be mad at us. Amen? Never, ever, never, never. Never, ever, never. (laughs) never. No, I rebuke you. Bible says there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Raise your hand if you're in Christ Jesus. Yeah. So what is this saying about you? There's no condemnation. There's no more punishment. That word, you look it up in the Greek. No more judgment for you. How can that be? Because Jesus took it. Stop trying to put yourself on the cross. Stop trying to take Jesus' finished work off the cross. You're taking glory away from him. It's really pride. When you say, woe is me, I'm a sinner. Woe was me, I failed. Woe was me, I. You know, it's pride. God's like, get up, man, for the love of me, get up. Look, He's like, He's like, He's like, keep moving. It's okay, your sin's paid for. Stop wallowing in your sin and start walking in your Savior. Amen. Woo! this this verse right here, though, yeah. This verse is like life. We could sit here and chomp on this all day, and y'all like, please God, no. I can see it. <laughs> it's only eleven thirty. I just want you to know, when I leave here, I get in my car. I'm, I'm, i you know, I'm, I'm thinking about all the stories that happened and stuff. And I'm thinking, man, I got to wait a whole nother week. I really do feel that way. Like this is my favorite thing to do besides be with my wife so God provided during the time of Noah a sign do you guys remember that what was it a rainbow as I, every time you see a rainbow remember I'll never flood the, the the earth again right well that that's true the bible says that I want you to remember this, though, that for now, because he says, for this is like the waters of Noah for me. Now he's making another promise, another covenant. Now he's saying, when you see a rainbow, I want you to remember this, that my son paid for your sin. Because Isaiah 53 is Christ dying. Isaiah 54 is he's alive today. He finished the work of sin, the punishment for sin. And whenever you see a rainbow, it's like the waters of Noah. See? Can I back that up with scripture? I wouldn't put it up there if I couldn't. Amen. So Revelation four says this. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne set in heaven and one set on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardis stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Jesus is on the throne today. Amen there is a rainbow around him. And and, and the rainbow, like there's not this fake cardboard thing over his head, man. The word there in the Greek literally means it surrounds him like a bubble. It's like a globe around him. It's a rainbow. And so whenever you see a rainbow out there, let it be a reminder that God is no longer angry with you. Here's a little something something for you. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Well Pastor, that's only for people that sin. See that little comma right there? That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Who needs mercy and grace? Yeah. Mercy is 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 for is for people that fail. Mercy is getting something it is not getting the the judgment and punishment you deserve. That's what mercy is. Grace is you is you getting all of God's provision when you don't deserve it. You get a double whammy. You get a double whammy. And that's beautiful. I love how it says, therefore, come boldly to the throne of what? Oh, wait a minute. There's going to be a throne of judgment one day, though. It says there's a throne of judgment. Is that for you, believer? No, we can come boldly, boldly. Don't forget that word. You come boldly boldly how do you come boldly well if you're focused on your sin you're going to want to run away from God amen whenever you messed up when you were little did like you did something bad and your dad or your mom they were like they called you by both names Robert Troy right do you think I ran in there no I tried to hide I tried to go a different direction right turn around start start pedaling faster the other way yeah hey, listen if we come to god like that focused on our sin that's how we come to god but if we come focused on our savior that we have a right we have a, this is going to listen i say this we have a right to come boldly to the throne because of what christ has done he has bought us back do we deserve it <laughs> no no we don't, but that's why it's called grace. Come boldly to the throne of grace, of grace. The word there is favor. We, Jesus is sitting on a throne of favor. It's not a throne of judgment. It's a throne of favor. Isn't that beautiful? That's what he did for us, man. I wish I knew this stuff 20 years ago. Do you really need to have your toes stepped on in church? Listen. I've heard that say some people judge the pastor. They judge the sermon by how bad it hurt them. How how many like have you ever heard somebody say, man, that pastor really stepped on my toes today. Man, he really whacked me upside the head today, man. Man, I believe that that we are called as pastors to feed the sheep and not to beat the sheep. Do You believe that? Amen. Yeah. How many guys have ever left church feeling beat up before? Yep. Like you're not doing enough, like you should be doing more. Yeah. Do you think that's how God wants you to feel? Is that why we come? To be filled up with I'm not doing enough <laughs> you f- you get some guilt going you get some you get some condemnation going you you get some stress going man the reason all this stuff is happening is because it's because you're you're you know you're not doing enough. who's felt like that before? yeah it, that's not the way God intended this whole new covenant to be. amen do you know that there were two? beatings of the rock in scripture Moses you remember Moses there were two givings of the law right Moses brought the law down one time and it was so straight law that if he have given it to the people everybody would have died so Moses broke the ten commandments all of them right went back up the mountain got them again a second time this time it was tempered with gray it was put in a uh, in the in the ark of the covenant so God buried it in the ark of the covenant right we know that means coffin he said put it there what was on top church mercy seat. That's where God will meet with us, right? Well, Moses also hit the rock twice because the people complained twice about not getting enough water. So the first time was early on and it's found in uh, Exodus 6, 17. All right. So, so Moses cried out to the Lord saying, what shall I do with this people? (laughs) He was a little frustrated. (laughs) They are almost ready to stone me. He's like, Lord, they're about to kill me. I don't know what to do. And the Lord said to Moses, go on before the people and Take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand your rod with which you struck the river. Remember, he struck the river, turned it into blood. Remember that? Isn't it interesting that. uh, That the first miracle of Moses was turning water into blood, the first miracle of Jesus was turning water into wine. Who wants some of that action? You know what I'm saying? Listen, (laughs) don't send an email. What I'm saying is the water that was turned into blood resulted in death. Amen. But when the water was re- was turned into wine, it resulted in celebration Amen. of life. Amen. And Jesus turned that water into wine. The Baptists have been trying to turn it back ever since then. Like, Gee, we can't have that, Jesus. You need to turn it into grape juice. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. We're going to have to edit that, you know, because it goes online and behold, God says, behold, I will stand before you there on the rock, rock of Herob, and you shall strike the rock. You shall strike it. He told him to strike it with that rod and water will come out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He did that. God says, "Strike the rock." He hit the rock. Boom! He struck it. Water came out. And listen, it wasn't. There were three million people that drank. You think it was a little spigot where everybody took turns? No, it was flowing out because God always does things like He does. He, he's always much more. Right? Who remembers playing basketball or something in football game in somebody's house and they had that little spigot and everybody took turns and then that, there was one kid that put his mouth on it. And you were like, y'all, y'all, y'all feel that? Y'all know what I'm talking about? You're like, dude. <laughs> uh, it, w- that kid's in this church somewhere, I know. <laughs> uh, anyway, so he hit the rock, water came out. Beautiful thing, right? So it happens again. It happens again, the people start. Complaining, and this one's found in Numbers 20. Uh, God says, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together. Speak to the rock. This time he says, Speak to the rock. Now, the, the word rock here is different than the word rock in the first in the first story. The word rock in the first story is a rock, like a stone on the ground, right? And 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 he God told him to hit the rock and water would flow out. How many guys know? He hit it. He hit it. Water flew up. I want you to know that represents Jesus being beaten one time for you. Amen. And water flowing out for you. The church came out of that. Right? Amen? Amen. And so, so does, does Jesus need to be beaten again? No. no, that's why he said one time. Strike that rock. One time. That's all Jesus needed. One time. Amen? This time the rock means a cliff. A rock high. A, a rock lifted up. And so now we're not beaten. We're not saying that Jesus was beaten for us and and claiming that right now. We're claiming the fact that he's alive and now we're speaking to him because he was beaten. Man, that's good. He says, speak to the rock. Speak to the rock and water will flow out. But look what he does, man, before their eyes and it will yield water. It'll give water. God said, just say it. Speak to the rock, water will come out of the cliff. It'd be a waterfall and, and, and so and so uh, thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation and their animals. God cared about their animals. Yes. Must not have been any cats there. <laughs> so most. <laughs> so I love cats. do not send an email again. All right? We need a list of how not to send emails in the bulletin. So I'm going to say some stuff by accident. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded. Moses took the rod. All he had to do was speak to it. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, Hear now, you rebels! Is that what God said? No, but he was ticked. He had enough. Who has had enough at one point in time in here? Are you serious? Like eight of us? (laughs) Uh, Must we bring, must we, me and Aaron, must we bring water out of this rock for you? (laughs) And then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock. What did God tell him to do? Speak to the rock. He struck it with his rod and water came out abundantly because God loves people. And the congregation and their animals drank. Isn't that crazy? He said, speak to the rock. Listen, Look at this, man. Today, if you have an issue, if you have an issue of lack, we are taught in the Bible, because of what Jesus did, being hit once, that now we can speak to God, we can speak to Jesus, and we can say this, Hey, if I, my issue is lack, you will supply all my needs. Are we told to confess that? Don't confess your lack. Confess that he is your supplier. If you're sick, are we confessing sickness? Are we told to do that? No, we're told to confess that we are the healed by your stripes. I am healed. You bore my sicknesses and diseases. But look what we're taught to do in church today. If your issue is sin, we're told to confess our sin. Does that make sense? What should we say instead of confessing our sin? I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's who we are. But they use that because of one verse, 1 John 1, 9. Take it out of context. Wasn't even written to the church. Says, hey, man, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, he is faithful and just to forgive you. Question, has he forgiven you? Or is he at some point going to forgive you down the road for every sin you do? Or is all sin paid for? Yeah, so that can't make any sense that we have to confess sin. We confess that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because that's who we are. And that's how you get out of sin. The more you focus and confess your sin. I confess my sin. I'm not against confessing sin. I believe in confessing sin, but I believe in confessing sin for the right reason. That I am forgiven. I'm not confessing sin to be forgiven. I'm confessing sin because I am Amen. forgiven. And now I'm giving glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Boom. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and he said this. Because you did not believe me. Because you didn't speak. You didn't have faith to speak. You, were, you kept beating the rock. Some of us guys, we still focus on Jesus being beaten for us and we forget where we are today that all we got to do is speak to Jesus because he was beaten for us all that stuff's in scripture for a purpose and it's it's to our glory the Bible says to seek it out that mystery and find it man he is glorious but man he gives us that when we seek out Jesus in the Bible and so here we go Uh, because you did not believe me To hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land in which I have given. He, Listen, what does not hallow me? He did not hallow me. In other words, he made God look angry when he wanted to bless the people. Instead of making God look like a good father who said, speak to the rock and water would come out. The people would be happy. Instead, he was angry and he made God look angry. And I'm here to tell you, this is how God feels about preachers that preach him being angry he he really feels he's like man if you're going to say most angry preachers preach an angry God and I'm telling you most time they focus in on one sin it's something they're struggling with and they're going to take it out on the whole church you believe that yeah Why? because we do the same thing maybe we don't have a church but when, in our circle of friends maybe when it's just our wife and us or our husbands and us. We, we we focus on what we're struggling with. And therefore we think everybody struggles with that. Or should struggle with that. That's how God feels about angry preachers man. Moses never got to go to the promised land. But God loved Moses. Amen. So Moses could lead them up to the promised land. But we see in Joshua 1, 2. Who brought them in. After the death of Moses. The servant of the Lord. It came to pass. I love that it says Moses is the servant because, you know, Moses represents the law. Moses is a servant. Jesus is the son. The Bible says a servant doesn't remain in the house forever, but the son does. So Moses is the servant of the Lord. It came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan and You and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel, the promised land. Moses didn't get to go, man, because he made he made God look angry. He made God look very angry at the people. So Moses didn't get to go. Moses represented the law. The law can never get you into the promised land. It takes a Yeshua. It takes Jesus to get you into the promised land. This is not there by chance, church. The name Joshua means Jesus. It's the same name for Jesus. Yeshua. Yeshua will take you into the promised land. But did Moses get to go? You bet you he did. He did. But I want to tell you this. I believe that Moses. I've heard this preached before. And I believe believe that Moses. You know they couldn't find his body. There's no burial ground for Moses. And it says uh, here in Jude. Yet Michael and the archangel. in contending with the devil. uh, When he disputed about the body of Moses. like, What do we do with the body of Moses? I believe Moses was resurrected. Uh, Not like Jesus, but like Lazarus. He was resurrected to die again. I'll show you something. Okay. In Revelations, there's going to be two witnesses that come back. Two witnesses they are going to come back and prophesy. And I will give power to my two witnesses. And they will prophesy 1,260 days. Clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds out of their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. And we were reading this on the way down to Orlando, Juno. I said, Juno, what's the word fire mean? He's like, it literally means fire. Like, can you imagine, like, somebody talking and. Like, a, like a, just destroying people. How many of you guys wish you had that power right now? <laughs> I don't know if I would make that face, but I'm just saying. that. I don't know what kind of face you would make. That's crazy, right? So who else? Who's somebody else that 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 didn't die in the Bible? Elijah, right? So Elijah didn't die. Elijah's known. He's famous. He has a story where he he prayed for rain to stop, right? And then he prayed for rain to come, right? And it did. He was literally was controlling the weather, man. Well, God was through him, right? And we know that Moses did some stuff. And when he was when he was back uh, in Egypt, And I want to show you something. The next verse is pretty cool man these two who are these two witnesses going to be right because it doesn't name them but I'm just going to give you, I don't know if I'm right I'm just going to show you some stuff the Lord will show you right he'll give you a piece about it and it's not that important that we have to know it but I thought it was pretty cool uh these these have oh what the heck what the heck these have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy who's that Elijah, Elijah. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood. (laughs) Moses and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. Who is that? You see, Elijah and Moses, I believe that they both. Were I believe Moses was resurrected in order to die again and here because these guys are going to die. They're going to die and lay in the street. This is we won't be here, by the way. We'll be in heaven. Amen. But where else do we see Moses and Elijah together? Yeah, baby. So look at this. Matthew 17. And behold, Moses. I just hit my 10,000 steps. What time is it? Dude, I've already hit them. It's going to be a good day, baby. (laughs) And behold, Moses. I don't know why it's Moses and Elijah, see those cats? Yep. Appeared to them. Who? Peter, James, and John. Uh, they, they were up on the mountain talking with Jesus and Peter, James, and John saw them, man. And so Peter answered, man. Nobody asked Peter a question. <laughs> Did they? Do no. you see anywhere where they say, hey, Peter, what do you think? <laughs> nope. Nobody asked Peter a question, but Peter's a lot like some, some of us where we got an answer whether you ask or not i got an answer (laughs) then peter answered and said to jesus lord it is good for us to be here if you wish let us make three tabernacles one for you one for moses one for elijah jesus represents the new covenant yeah he is the new covenant moses is the first five books of the bible you go to israel today you say moses they'll think you're talking about the first five books of the bible Elijah represents the prophecy, the prophets in the Bible. So between Moses and Elijah, you got the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. Then you got Jesus, the New Covenant. Amen. Amen. Peter's saying, hey, let us build three tabernacles. Three tabernacles. It's the Feast of Tabernacles right now, right? During this time. And he said, like, so, so think of, uh, of uh, like three coverings, areas, one for each of them. Okay? So while Peter's answering something that no one asked him, While he was still speaking, like God didn't even wait for him to finish. (laughs) He said, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Not them. Hear him. Hear Jesus. Don't hear the old covenant. It's not for you. Hear Jesus, the new covenant. So what does he say? What's the next thing? What does he say? What does Jesus say? Uh, He says, and when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. Afraid. They were great, not just afraid, greatly afraid. If God spoke like that, would you be afraid? Even though we're told not to be, right? So we would be. So Peter and James John, are laying on the ground, afraid. So what does Jesus do? But Jesus came and touched them. And said, arise and do not be afraid. That's our Jesus. That's that's Jesus that we serve today. That's Jesus that loves us today. They Peter answered. Peter had all these ideas about what to do. And God spoke to him. And you would think, Jesus, the next words would be, Peter, do not open your mouth. Unless I tell you to. He's like, that's my dad, man. Have a little respect, right? But we all think we can help Jesus. We all think we got great ideas to improve what Jesus is doing or has done. And God would speak and say, no, just hear Jesus. And we would be afraid because we think we offended him. But the very next words out of Jesus' mouth were, arise and do not be afraid. And, and, and when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus. No one but Jesus. So when you mess up, remember, as you're Looking and praying, and, and, and he he wants you to know that Jesus is going to come. He's touching you. He's saying, hey, man, it's okay. Do not be afraid. Do not be ashamed. Do not feel a- condemned anymore. And when you look your head up, all you see is Jesus. There's no condemnation for you. God is not mad at you. He put it on Jesus. It's a beautiful thing. We are now where Abraham was. And what do I mean by that? I mean, Abraham was a blessed brother. Amen. Amen. He was blessed, man. And and so the Bible says we have the blessings of Abraham. He was was declared righteous. He was declared righteous. You know what's cool? Is he lived 450 years before the law was given. So don't tell me you got to have the law in order to walk with God. Because you don't. Abraham was a friend of God. And he walked 450 years before the law was given. And that's where we are now. We have the blessings of Abraham, not the curses. That's a good thing. What about David? David, David fell. David, David messed up. Or big time. It depends on how you look at it. The ladies are like, no, it was big time. <laughs> <laughs> just joking. Listen, so David messed up. But, but what what was David? Where was he? He was under the law. Like he, he longed to be in this generation. Blessed are you, Lord, who can give mercy and who has said, who has mercy, who has grace on those who sin. That's who we are. He was under law. So you're like, man, his son died as a result of that. God punished. Yeah, God did do that at one time. He did. It, it was when people were under law. We are not under law. For Christ is the end of the law for those who believe. Do you believe? Then Christ is the end of the law. Romans 10 4. Yeah, don't let that stuff come back up. Got to write new laws on your heart. Got to write new laws. You know how I know? Yesterday on the way down there, we stopped at Chick fil A. And we didn't know, we were like, man, we're going to be late if we stop at Chick fil A, man. But we had to eat because Noah was hungry. So we went to Chick fil A. We walk in. A cop walks in right between us, a cop, a lady. I open the door for, for her, and then I let my my wife go through that first set, right? Now we're all three in that little. <laughs> open the next one. She goes through. My wife goes through, man. And so the cop goes in front of us, um, the sheriff, and and then Kelly gets, and we turn the rope. And I say, Kelly, we should, buy, we should buy her her breakfast. Kelly goes, I was going to say the same thing. So so we uh we <laughs> Kelly went over to this register to order ours. And I'm like ordering two. But I said, Hey, can I can we buy your your breakfast? And uh and she goes, Oh my gosh, that would be awesome. Thank you so much. Right? And so I slide my card in there and and then I go and give my card to Kelly so she can do hers. But the, the you know how you have to wait to the left to get your Chick-fil-A? Mm-hmm. And uh she's waiting there and she finally gets hers. We're still waiting on ours. or we had just paid when we walked over, she got hers and she goes, I just want to tell you guys. She goes, I struggle every day with this job. She goes, I I am just, sometimes I just want to quit and walk away. But it's people like you. But listen, I'm not saying, I'm saying there's a reason we went to Chick-fil-A. Amen. There's a reason stuff happens. Sometimes God will use detours to bless you. Because that was a blessing to us that we're able to encourage somebody so God writes those laws on your heart nothing in there about hey man thou shalt keep all your money it it was or you'll lose it It, listen God puts it on your heart to do that stuff man you know how I know it's like that because it's from God because I'm not sitting there paying for everybody that comes in right (laughs) God told me to do this all day (laughs) swipe 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 (laughs) that ain't God talking And thanks, sure ain't your wife talking. (laughs) So you'll know. You'll know because God will give you that peace. Amen. Amen. I almost done two more verses. Nope. Four more verses. Now, it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up. Jesus was going back to heaven, right? Uh, He was going back uh, to Jerusalem to die to go to heaven. So so, and sent messengers before his face. I love when it says that. Before his face, he sent messengers. Just sounds cool said before him might like, before his face and, and as they went they <laughs> entered a village of uh, the samaritans right to prepare for him but they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to jerusalem samaritans Jews didn't like each other man they didn't like it and, and because he was going there they were like if you're going there we don't want nothing to do with you right and so the disciple of love john says this it's beautiful john's a disciple of love right And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? The disciple of love. (laughs) He's like, let it happen, God. Let it just. (sighs) Anybody else read the Bible like that? oh my god as elijah did you see elijah yeah look uh, but he who by the way oh i didn't even see that man I felt like fire would be coming out man that's what revelation 11 said that's awesome man thank you lord but he turned and rebuked them his disciples and said you do not know what manner of spirit you are of for the son of man did not come to destroy men's lives but to save them and they went to another village Jesus didn't condemn them. He just went to another village. Listen, if people don't accept Jesus, he's not condemning them. He's not punishing them. He's just moving on. It's their loss. It ain't his loss. Now, he'll always be there, but it's their loss. Jesus just moves on, man. I love how smooth he is. It's beautiful, all right? Last verse. Oh, God is not judging America. Listen, or American. <laughs> Man, I'm up there typing fast because i got to get it done before church. God's not judging America. If you hear people say that the reason God sent a hurricane to New Orleans because they they need to repent and turn to God, that's a lie. It's just a flat-out lie. God's no longer angry. He's not doing that anymore. If he was still doing that, then what we're saying is what Jesus did on the cross was not enough that God's still pouring out wrath on people when we know that the cross changed everything. Jesus took all of sin. All the wrath was on him. There was nothing left or else he wouldn't have been able to rise. So if we say that God is judging America from the pulpit, there's a terrorist somewhere going, that's what I've been saying. God is judging America. This pastor gets me that's crazy God's not judging us anymore church he's not judging the world anymore how do I know that man last verse and he himself is the propitiation for our sins the church but and not for ours only but also for the whole world propitiation he is our propitiation church amen but he's also the world's propitiation he's their payment too they just don't know And if we keep telling that God's mad at them, would they want to come to an I just ask you, if your dad was mad at you, would you go to him? No, you needed some time for him to cool off. You know why people are leaving the church in droves? Because all they're hearing is God's mad at you. God's mad at you. God's mad at you. You know how to get people to come back. You know how to get the lost to come to God. They will know him by the love we have for one another. It's the love. It's not the wrath. The love of God changes people. Not the wrath of God. The wrath of God is over. It was on Jesus. Don't take that away from him, church. Amen? Would you guys give Jesus the hand, applause for him? Listen, if you guys will stand up with me, we're done. I just want you to know that, uh, that when you leave here today, you have got to know that God is not angry with you. I hope you saw that through Scripture. I hope you saw that through scripture and I want you to know that that whenever you feel that sense of God being mad at you that it's not true it, it can't be true because your thoughts are on you and where you failed and the moment you put your thoughts on Jesus and where he succeeded those thoughts go away they just go away so I'm not going to give you something without some application the moment you feel, like God is mad at you when you sin. Because I still listen, I'm not perfect. I still struggle with that. I feel like the reason the, the three thing, the three thing rule, right? When, when 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 something breaks down, it's gonna happen in threes. Amen. Refrigerator goes out. Dang, there's two more things coming. What's it gonna be? Right? And we, we start looking at the bad stuff, man. Bible says, Man, behold Jesus. Look unto Jesus look unto Jesus and stay there Amen. stay there take every thought captive church when you start to have those thoughts that he's angry with you nip those thoughts that means nip them in the bud it says take every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Not it doesn't say to obey Jesus like we were taught growing up it says to the obedience of Jesus where was Jesus obedient to God right. on the cross so when you take every thought captive you nip it in the bud to what Jesus did on the cross Amen. That is finished. My judgment's finished. God's not mad at me anymore. He loves me. What the heck was that? Yeah, baby. He gets excited like me. I throw stuff. What? Whose is this? Okay, okay, okay. Look. Take every thought captive, man. Church, know when you walk out of here, you are justified and you are fully supplied. I'm about to start rapping. You bet. come on up there. If If you need prayer, I'll pray with you. I, we'll pray. Pastor Dwayne, I'll pray. Uh, there's other people in here that are qualified. Everybody's qualified to pray with you. But if you want prayer from your pastors, we will pray over you. Just stick around afterwards. If you're looking for a church to join, this who we are. It's what we believe. It's what we preach. You come here, you're going to walk out alive. Amen. You're going to walk out reminded who you are and whose you are. It's going to give you power to get through this day because this grace is new each and every morning. Amen. Yes. This is who we are. All you got to do is come out and fill out this little sheet somewhere. I don't even know what it looks like, but it's down here. Right. And if you do not know who Jesus is, you should now. There's no way you can't know who Jesus is after sitting in here. Amen. I know none of you slept because I'm up here. Listen, if that's you, if you don't know who he is, man, see us. it doesn't take long. We're not going to confess, confess, confess your sin. We ain't got time for that. We're hungry. Listen, you come down or you confess Jesus. That's what the Bible says. If you confess Jesus with your mouth and, and, and as Lord and Savior and believe that he's alive today, you shall be saved. Amen. You will right there in that moment, you're saved. Amen. If you want to do that, we'll do it with you, man. Amen. Or woman. I'm going to bring pastor up. I'll be up here all day.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: <laughs> Y'all sit back down.
1: Come on, let's go boldly before the throne of grace. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for reminding us of who we are in Christ Jesus. We thank you for your grace and your mercy, Father. Your grace is enough. It is sufficient for us. And your mercy is new every morning, Father. We thank you that you have so abundantly supplied us, Father, with every good thing, Father. What would you withhold from us, Father? You've given us your best. You've given us Jesus. And, Father, we thank you for him and we thank you for all the benefits, of being a son and a daughter of the most high god we thank you for making us heirs of yours father and joint heirs with jesus christ we thank you lord for your goodness in our lives we thank you father for your promises your provision we thank you most importantly father for the relationship that we have with you we thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence lord to be in the midst of a holy god a great and mighty god an awesome god we thank you father for ordering our steps father and giving us opportunities to share the good news we thank you father for equipping us all father to hear to receive and to share your word. so father we thank you for the divine appointments we thank you father for going before us and making our path straight we thank you lord for bringing us uh into contact father father with the right people to share this message with father even those that you put on our hearts and minds right now father we pray for those divine appointments we pray for them now father We thank you for giving seed to the sower. We thank you, Father, for bringing every seed to fruition. We bless you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say amen. 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 We are dismissed.